What is going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Uma Sports Takes and today we are going to be grading NFL rookies from the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. Um, so we have 32 guys to get into so let's just get right into it. Um, so with the first overall pick, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars selected Trayvon Walker, linebacker from Georgia. Um, I feel like this was a first overall pick that everyone kind of forgot about about three games in. He didn't have the greatest stats um, throughout the season. Um, he totaled about three and a half sacks. Um, and I think one of the reasons that people just kind of forgot about him was because he wasn't like a key marquee exciting player. Um, like, for example, a quarterback or a really highly touted running back or something like that. Um, he was just kind of on the defensive side of the ball, and he was kind of expected to be a bit of a project, at least compared to the other top defensive prospects coming out. Um, and that's kind of how he was. He seemed very raw in the beginning of the season, um, but he did come on strong at the end of the year, um, which is hopefully a good momentum boost into next season, especially considering um, how surprising the Jags were this year. Um, head coach Doug Peterson stated that he was confident Walker will take the next step heading into year two. And I think overall, despite not having the greatest stats, like having only three and a half sacks, um, I think he had a better year than those stats suggest. Um, but despite having lots of potential and lots of upside, I am heavily weighting this grade based on this season. And so the grade I give him is a B minus. With the second overall pick, the Detroit Lions selected Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan. Hutchinson continued to improve throughout the season. He had crazy individual game performances like his three-sack outing versus the Commanders in Week 2, um, and he finished the season with a respectable 9.5 sacks as well as three interceptions. He's already the face of the franchise, and he has been because he's always been a Michigan native, went to Michigan, and now is in Detroit. He's also one of those guys that will continue to get better. You can already see it. Um, and he was the safe pick to produce decent stats coming right out of the draft, and he delivered doing exactly that. So the grade for the Lions here is an A. With the third overall pick, the Houston Texans selected Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback from LSU. He started day one on a bad franchise, um, and that's really a rough spot. Stingley overall, though, handled it relatively well, not giving up a single touchdown throughout the whole season. However, that's a bit misleading because he was really limited by injuries, only playing nine games, and this has been a concern since his collegiate days back at LSU because he was often injured there too. He will be a foundational piece for the Texans' success, but that's also kind of because the Texans don't really have many foundational pieces at the moment. Um, and also, this pick is completely overshadowed by the guy to come next off the board, and that being said, Stingley gets a B. It could have been much higher if he wasn't injured for those nine games. Well, I said the next pick overshadowed uh, Derek Stingley, and that's because at the number four overall spot, the Jets took Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. Nothing really needs to be said here. The Jets hit it out of the park with this one. He is already one of the game's best corners, and he's only a rookie. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year. And he brings all of the skill and all of the swagger that an elite corner needs. The grade here is an A+. With the fifth overall pick, the Giants select defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Um, his stats for the season were four sacks, two forced fumbles, and 13 QB hits. He did lack consistency throughout the season in part due to injury, but he flashed signs of developing into an elite pass rusher, especially in that notable game against the Commanders um, in Week 15 that really helped the Giants make the playoffs. 
Um, Thibodeau also showed um, improvement as the season progressed, which is exactly what you want from a rookie player. Overall, his grade here is a B. It could have also been higher if he wasn't injured. Number six overall, the Panthers drafted Ikema Owanu, offensive tackle, NC State. There were growing pains, but overall, Iwanu looks promising. He had a decent PFF grade of 65.3, which is not bad at all for a rookie offensive lineman. However, he did have a lot of penalties, coming in tied for the league's most at his position with 13. He did also give up six sacks. However, for offensive linemen, they almost always need time to develop to the NFL level, and it usually takes three to four years before you can really see what you have. Iwanu showed decent skill at run blocking, and his pass protection improved throughout the season as well. For whoever the Panthers' next signal caller is, the left tackle, Iwanu, will be key to protecting him. Grade B. At the 7th overall pick, the Giants draft Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama. Well, I did just get finished discussing um, how offensive linemen need more time to develop, especially compared to other positions, and let's just hope that's the case for Evan Neal. The Nate Soldier replacement looks a lot, well, like Nate Soldier in his bad era with the Giants, not his peak at the Patriots. Neal struggled in both the run and pass game, allowed the most pressures of the Giants' O-line, and to couple that, he missed four games with injury. Um, however, Giants fans shouldn't panic just yet. Once again, like I said, um, sometimes it takes a few years for these guys to develop, and the Giants should know that firsthand as... They saw it with Andrew Thomas just a few years back. He also had a horrible year, um, Andrew Thomas did, that is, um, but now he's turned into one of the game's better tackles. Unfortunately for Evan, this rating is pretty much just based off of this year, and his grade for this year is a D-. I didn't give anyone Fs, but yeah, that one's, that one's pretty close to an F. <laughs> with the number 8 overall pick, the Atlanta Falcons selected Drake London, wide receiver, USC. London's stats for the season include 866 yards on 72 catches. Like several other rookies on this list, um, London lacked consistency, but he did show flashes. He will definitely have to clean up his ball security game as he lost three fumbles, including a crucial one in the fourth quarter against the Saints when the Falcons were down by three. London will definitely benefit from having a better QB under center. Um, the Mariota, Ritter, whatever you want to call it, tandem wasn't exactly ideal for London's development his rookie year, so hopefully either Ritter can break out and become a bit of a better option for London, um, or if not, hopefully he finds a better QB elsewhere. Right now, the grade is a B. With the ninth overall pick, the Seahawks selected Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mich Mississippi State. As of now, Seattle had the best draft of 2022. Um, and Charles Cross is a big reason why. Their top 10 pick at tackle paid off immediately when Cross played at a steady, above-average grade throughout the season. Cross did struggle against Nick Bosa twice when they played the 49ers, but that's quite understandable. Other than that, there was really consistent play from Cross. He did have 7 penalties and did also give up 7 sacks, but he played over 1,000 offensive snaps, and so that kind of justifies it. And still, for a rookie, those numbers aren't bad. Overall, his game was pretty comparable to Ikemawanu, so I'm giving them the same grade, at a B. With the 10th overall pick, the New York Jets selected wide receiver Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Just like the Jets' first pick in the draft, there's again not much to say about Garrett Wilson. 
The Jets went two for two, getting the Defensive Rookie of the Year in Sauce Gardner and the Offensive Rookie of the Year in Garrett Wilson, despite very, very questionable play from his QB counterpart Wilson and overall dealing with a turbulent quarterback situation. Garrett Wilson remained productive, notching over a thousand yards and four touchdowns. He did post some duds throughout the season, such as the two-catch, twelve-yard performance against the Patriots, my team. <laughs> but with a better QB under center, Wilson should definitely be a Pro Bowl caliber player in the future. His grade is an A. With the eleventh overall pick, the Saints selected wide receiver Chris Olave from Ohio State. It's worth mentioning that the Saints even traded up with the Washington Commanders in order to do so. Like Wilson, Olave had questionable quarterbacks under center for his rookie campaign. Also, like Garrett Wilson, Olave put up decent numbers despite that. The other Ohio State product caught 72 catches for over 1,000 yards and 4 touchdowns. His season was quite comparable to Garrett Wilson, and given his similar situation, I'm giving them both the same grade at an A. With the 12th overall pick, the Lions drafted wide receiver Jamison Williams from Alabama. This was a little bit of a run on wide receivers right here. Um, and Jameson Williams was um, kind of that last guy. You had the top four with London, Olave, Wilson, and now Williams. Um, is kind of the top four premier wideouts in this draft. But I feel that it's unfair to properly grade Williams, given that he played in only six games and played in a limited number of snaps for those six games. He did catch one pass for 41 yards and a touchdown, which is a 100% um, touchdown percentage, um, and that's kind of crazy. Um, I guess it shows how special he could be. Um, but the Lions knew going into the season, because Williams had suffered that torn ACL in the national championship game, he wouldn't really be too much of a factor his rookie year. But they still took the Alabama product at the 12th overall pick because they've seen how dynamic and explosive he is prior to the injury. So this grade overall is an incomplete, but I have no doubts that Williams will become a premier wideout for the Lions in the future. At the 13th overall spot, the Eagles take defensive tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia. One of the biggest storylines in the 2022-2023 season is just how dominant the Eagles' defense was, especially at the defensive line. At the start of the season, Davis looked like another stat defensive player Philly had just acquired, and he was very disruptive in the run game. But then an ankle injury midway through his season caused him to miss four games, and when he returned, you could tell it was definitely still hindering him, and he wasn't making the same kind of disruptive plays in the run game that he was before. Although he doesn't enter 2023 on the best momentum, time in the offseason to fully recover as well as continually learning from the veteran present, the veteran guys um, that the Eagles have on their defensive line, such as Fletcher Cox, um, should help him work on his game and help develop him. The grade right now is a B+. With the 14th overall pick, the Ravens selected safety Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. I swear the Ravens always have a knack for finding excellent defensive players in the draft without really having to move or trade or do anything, because I swear a playmaker like Kyle Hamilton always just falls right in their laps. Hamilton wasn't a full-time starter, but when he was on the field, he stood out. He tallied 62 tackles, 2 sacks, and 5 pass breakups this season. When he was playing, he was all over the field, really being that floor general on the defensive side of the ball, and he will be a future star in the safety position. Um, for now, though, given that he wasn't starting in full capacity throughout this, any point of the season, um, I'm going to give him a grade of a B. With the 15th overall pick, the Texans selected Kenyon Green, guard from Texas A&M. 
Well, there weren't too many good things you could say about the Texans this season, and Kenyon Green certainly doesn't defy that stereotype. The former Aggie was one of PFF's worst-graded guards, earning an abysmal rating of 37.7. That's really bad. He also committed 12 penalties, tying for second most among all guards. However, like I mentioned with the other offensive linemen, the Texans must remain patient here, and there are lots of offensive linemen who have poor rookie seasons but then are able to develop and turn it around in the future. As the Texans look to be better than the second-worst team in the league, hopefully Green can also follow that upward trajectory. However, he will definitely need strong coaching and maybe even another veteran offensive lineman to learn from um, if he is going to improve. And the Texans right now kind of have none of that because their new head coach is a defensive guy. Um, anyway, right now, Kenyon Green's grade is a D-. But again, I was close to giving an F with this one. Um... But then I was kind of thinking about it as I was making these grades, and I think the only rookie that I might like have given an F to would have been Isaiah Wilson for the Titans in the 2020 draft because the guy was off the team his rookie year. So I feel like that's like the lowest you can possibly go. So I didn't give anyone an F in this draft because no one was as bad as Isaiah Wilson was basically my logic. Feel free to question that if you want, um, but that's where I was thinking. At the 16th overall pick, the Washington Commanders, who traded down with the Saints, um, they'd pick Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn State. On draft day, this decision by the Commanders seemed very, very perplexing. Why would you trade down, letting the Saints draft Chris Olave, if you were just going to take a wide receiver a few picks later? Additionally, they let Jamison Williams come off the board as well, so that was kind of it for the top premier wideouts. But don't get me wrong, Dotson wasn't a bad pick at all. He initially missed about a month due to an injury, but when he stepped on the field, he showed flashes, scoring a team-leading seven touchdowns. He came up big with clutch plays in the biggest moments, and if he continues to develop, he can form a scary one-two punch with Scary Terry. Um, as of now, though, given his injury and his meh 523 yards, the grade currently is a B-. Again, I'm not really sure why they didn't just draft Olave, but maybe scheme fit with Dotson and Scary Terry? I don't know. Whatever you want, Commanders. Whatever you want. With the 17th overall pick, the Los Angeles Chargers selected Zion Johnson, guard from Boston College. Again, the offensive linemen, I feel like, in this draft um, were either memorable because they were bad, or you just kind of forgot about them because they were decent, but not crazy good. So overall, I'd describe Johnson's season as solid. He wasn't eye-poppingly good, like I kind of just mentioned, but he wasn't eye-poppingly bad, because that's the ones you remember as well. So for an offensive lineman, it's an overall great rookie season. He only grew more consistent as the season went on, especially in run blocking, and scored a solid 64.8 grade on PFF. His future play will be a key for the success of the Chargers offense in the future, especially in protecting Justin Herbert. This player, in my opinion, perfectly sums up the grade B. In the, with the 18th overall pick, the Titans selected wide receiver Traylon Burks from Arkansas. It was a tough go from the start for Burks, who was immediately expected to fill in the shoes of A.J. Brown, um, along with subpar QB play from Tannehill, Malik Willis, Dobbs for a second. Um, and Burks initially missed six games due to injury, but when he was on the field, he also didn't really do much as well. 
The Titans' passing game was virtually non-existent, and Burks kind of felt that he was also virtually non-existent too. Hopefully in a few more years in the league with better QB play, Burks will be able to get the development he needs because really 444 yards and one touchdown is not going to cut it. This pick also lurks, looks about 2 million times worse than it probably is given the massive success A.J. Brown had in Philly this year and the Titans did trade um, A.J. Brown for a first round pick and this was the first round pick and they drafted Burks. So... Traylon Burks, um, I hope you're ready to become the next A.J. Brown or else the city of Memphis and I guess the rest of Tennessee is probably going to kill you. Um, and really, this isn't anything against you because I feel like I may have been too harsh here, but it's really hard not to look at A.J. Brown in Philly and then look at you here and not compare the two. Um, so Traylon Burks, your grade is a D+. With the 19th overall pick, the Saints select Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Penning had a toe injury until Week 12 and then didn't start until Week 15, so although he had solid games for Week 15 and 16, giving him a very impressive 73.6 grade on PFF, there just isn't enough game time for me to give Penning a grade. That being said, his future definitely looks bright given um, what limited action we've seen of him so far, but his grade nonetheless is incomplete. With the 20th overall pick, the Steelers select quarterback Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. The only quarterback to go in the first round had his moments of ups and downs throughout the season. Although he wasn't asked to start right away, uh, he was pretty much thrust in the starting role shortly after because Mitch Trubisky is Mitch Trubisky, and yeah, no one wants to watch Mitch Trubisky. So Pickett was thrust into the starting role in early October. Pickett did get better as the season went on, to the point where the Steelers were right in the mix for playoff contention until the final week. Even though they started their season 1-5, and five, they were able to finish at 9-8. and eight. However, the reason they were really able to finish at 9-8 and eight was because of their defense. Obviously, getting TJ Watt back midway through the season was instrumental in their success, um, as well as they have really good coaching with Mike Tomlin. So, it's not surprising to see that Pickett's stats of 7 touchdowns to 9 interceptions is his stat line. It isn't exactly great, it isn't exactly what you want, but especially given the way he ended the season going on performing game-winning drives in the last final moments of two games, um, there's a lot to like about this pick, and it doesn't look like he'll be a complete bust. He seems poised to only get better from here on out, and hopefully the Steelers can provide him um, with a few more weapons um, to complement George Pickens. He already has a strong running back in Najee Harris, and if the Steelers can shore up the offensive line and shore up the wide receiver game beyond Pickens, I do think Pickett will develop nicely. However, currently his grade is a B-. With the 21st overall pick, the Chiefs select cornerback Trent McDuffie from Washington. The Chiefs fans should overall be happy with their first-round pick here. In a secondary with a lot of question marks before starting the year, McDuffie asserted himself as one of the key playmakers on the Chiefs' defense. Although he did miss six games due to injury, he allowed the second-lowest completion percentage for rookie corners only to, yeah, you guessed it, Sauce Gardner. His best game came in the Chiefs' Week 13 loss to the Bengals, where McDuffie only gave up one catch on three targets to Jamar Chase, who is one of the league's best wideouts. Chiefs fans should expect significant improvement from the young corner next season. However, given that their secondary is still probably the weakest part um, of their entire defense and probably of their entire team, McDuffie will definitely be asked to take on a larger role and continue his high level of play. 
Right now, his grade is a B. With the 22nd overall pick, the Packers draft linebacker Quay Walker from Georgia. The first thing that comes to mind of most NFL fans, or at least for me, when they hear Quay Walker, is him getting ejected twice. Especially bad was his second ejection for shoving a medical personnel the game after the DeMar Hamlin injury. Like, dude, that's just not smart. Clearly, Walker has a lot to learn in the maturity department. That being said, though, he wasn't really given any time to develop in the shadows as he ended up starting a majority of the Packers games. He finished with 121 tackles, one and a half sacks, and three forced fumbles. But overall, when he was on the field, he did look um, kind of a step behind every play, and he definitely has a lot to learn in year two. But if he can sort out his temper, he could develop into a nice playmaking linebacker for the Cheeseheads. That being said, I'm sure every Packers fan feels about the same when they still wish they drafted a wide receiver. I mean, at least Christian Watson looks pretty good. Quay Walker gets a grade of a C. The grade would have been a lot higher if he didn't get ejected twice. Like, dude, how how does that even happen? With the 23rd overall pick, the Bills drafted cornerback Kair Elam from Florida. I feel like I definitely mispronounced that guy's name, so I'm sorry. But I feel like the Bills kind of always go defense with their first-round pick. And besides Tredavious White, all of their picks from recent memory really haven't hit. Um, The ones that come to mind are, like, Ed Oliver. Um, He's been okay. Um, Also, A.J. Epineza. Um, I know that I think that was early second round, but... Everyone kind of thought A.J. Epineza was, like, one of the steals of the draft, and then he hasn't really been that good. But due to injuries to Tredavious White and Micah Hyde, um, Elam was immediately expected to take on a big workload. He not only lost the starting role, he was also a healthy scratch for a couple of Bills games this season. Um, A healthy scratch basically means that he was healthy, um, there was no injury designation, but he didn't play. Like, he wasn't allowed to play, and the Bills determined that before the game. While Elam later on returned to the lineup, he was never consistent and didn't start another game um, after being a healthy scratch. Elam himself also missed two games with injury, Um, so both the Bills and Elam definitely have a lot of work to do. Um, Isaiah Wilson is saving this grade from being an F, but I will give this grade a D-. With the 24th overall pick, the Cowboys draft offensive tackle Tyler Smith from Tulsa. When they drafted this guy, I thought, well, this is ironic. They're trying to replace Tyron Smith, or groom a replacement for Tyron Smith, with a guy named Tyler Smith. Well, all-pro left tackle Tyron Smith went down with an injury, and first-round pick Tyler Smith stepped in perfectly. His pass protection was solid, but he really shined in his run blocking, especially helping the way um, pave the way for the Elliott-Pollard tandem. The Cowboys always seem to have a good offensive line, and although this pick seemed like a reach on draft night, it seems they've found their next cornerstone at tackle. Smith ended the season with a very, very impressive 71.4 PFF grade, although he did surprisingly commit 13 penalties. I do believe most of them were pre-snap penalties, um, which doesn't really lower the PFF grade too bad, and Tyler Smith's excellent play more than made up for it. He is the best offensive lineman from this class one year in. His grade right now is an A. With the 25th overall pick, the Ravens drafted center Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. Linderbaum, who is the unanimous best center prospect in the draft, showed his amazing ability in run blocking for the Ravens, as the Ravens averaged an astounding 5 yards a carry. Like, how is that even possible? 
However, Linderbaum is definitely raw in his pass blocking. Since the Ravens' offense is very run-centric, though, Linderbaum looked like he fit right in, and he didn't really get exposed too many times. But when he did give up sacks, and when he did commit holding penalties, it was on passing plays. The, overall, though, this is another solid pick for the Ravens. Grade, B+. With the 26th overall pick, the Jets select defensive end Jermaine Johnson from FSU. With all the success of Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, most people, including myself, forgot all about Jermaine Johnson. The Florida State product played limited snaps, but he displayed decent upside. Since he was deemed to be a bit more of a project defensive end from the start, that should be a positive for the Jets. Johnson finished the season with 2.5 sacks and 29 tackles. Although he wasn't on the field that much, when he was, he looked impressive. Um, he did not play that many snaps, though, um, and overall, he just kind of got lost in the whole um, scheme of things because of the success of Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, but I do think in the future he will develop to be a pretty solid defensive end. Um, he isn't like crazy explosive or going to make any big headlines, but he will just deliver solid, consistent play throughout his career. Given that he only played 30% of the Jets' defensive snaps, though, I really can't give him a grade higher than a B-. With the 27th overall pick, the Jaguars select linebacker Devin Lloyd from Utah. I'm not sure how many of you remember this, but after the first month of the NFL season, Lloyd was actually one of the favorites for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I made some predictions um, about two or three weeks into the season, um, for all of the NFL awards, um, and I actually had Lloyd as my Defensive Rookie of the Year. However, as the season progressed, Lloyd got exposed repeatedly in pass coverage and struggled to make several critical tackles. He ultimately lost the starting role for a couple of games as a result of his poor play. He then finished the season with 115 tackles and three interceptions. It's worth noting that two of those interceptions came in the season's first three weeks. Although Lloyd has showcased promise at the linebacker spot initially, he definitely has some weaknesses that got exposed and he will need to work on those during this offseason. As it stands though, his grade is a C+. And with the 28th pick, the Packers select a wide receiver from the university- Oh, oh, no, just kidding, another defensive tackle it is, as the Packers select Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Similarly to the Jets' Jermaine Johnson, when Devontae Wyatt was on the field, you could clearly see why he was a first-round pick. The issue, again, like the Jets' Jermaine Johnson, he played a very limited number of snaps. The Packers' defensive lineman was very experienced to begin with, not leaving much room for Wyatt to slot in. It's almost as if the Packers should have maybe used this pick to draft um, for a position of need rather than a position of the future. Um, you know, just saying. However, when Dean Lowry got injured in the last few weeks of the season, Wyatt did see an increase in playing time. But given that we've only seen this dude make 15 tackles and 1.5 sacks, we just don't have enough game time to give Wyatt a very high grade here. You could argue that this is an incomplete, but I really tried to save the incomplete grades for players who were injured throughout the entire season and really just didn't play at all. Wyatt was technically on the active roster, he just didn't get a lot of playing time, but he was healthy, um, which does indicate um, some things, because if he was really, really an explosive rookie, he would have been in the game. His grade currently as it stands is a C, but that was kind of to be expected because he's a bit more of a project defensive end, um, and the Packers just love drafting picks for the future, don't they? With the 29th overall pick, my New England Patriots drafted guard Cole Strange from Chattanooga. 
It feels like it's been centuries since the Patriots had a first-round pick, because I swear they always trade down. However, maybe it's better for them to trade down, because why did they draft Cole Strange? No one knew what to expect from Strange, because the pick was, well, to be frank, Strange. The guard from Chattanooga wasn't projected to go until about the third or fourth round, but we all know Bill Belichick doesn't give a damn about draft ratings. Strange's first season could also be described as strange. He was very inconsistent. As a Patriots fan, sometimes he would look like an absolute beast, locking up stout defensive interior rushers, and other times he would get completely run over. His low PFF grade of 54.6, along with six penalties and five sacks allowed, doesn't scream first-round talent. Maybe because he wasn't. However, the Patriots' O-line as a whole played well below average, and due to the lack of quality receivers, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, whoever, was holding the ball a lot more, which resulted in more sacks. That being said, the grade cannot be too high here, and I'll give Cole Strange a C. With the 30th overall pick, the Chiefs draft defensive end George Karloftis from Purdue. On a defensive line that was fairly dominant this season, Karloftis contributed nicely. Chris Jones was obviously the focal point, which allowed Karloftis to kind of slot in right behind him as a disruptive presence on the edge, opposite of Frank Clark. In the team's final stretch of the regular season, Karloftis started to heat up, finishing the year with a respectable seven sacks. He has a lot to improve on, but with Chris Jones and Frank Clark, Karloftis likely won't have to face many double teams, and he should be able to gain a lot of knowledge from those two veteran guys. His grade is a B. With the 31st overall pick, the Bengals drafted safety Dax Hill from Michigan. Everyone knows why the Bengals drafted a safety this year. Although Bates surprisingly wasn't let go in the 2022 free agency, there is no doubt that since he will likely not be able to pay him, and so he will be let go in the 2023 free agency. So this pick is planning for the future with Dax Hill. It is tough to grade Hill because he spent a majority of his snaps on special teams, and the only game he started was in Week 15 when Mike Hilton was injured. Um, that game, he also started um, at cornerback rather than safety, um, and safety is his primary position. However, at Michigan, because he kind of played all over the field, um, I guess the Bengals felt confident enough starting him then. Um, however, when Hill was on the field, whether it be for special teams or defense, he was almost always making a mistake, whether that be with penalties or poor play or just looking a little bit lost. However, since he fans shouldn't panic yet, the original plan was never to start Dax Hill. It was to have him develop in the shadows alongside Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Let's see how much he's learned from these guys in his next season, but his current grade is a D. And with the 32nd overall pick, the Vikings draft safety Lewis Seen from Georgia. Um, I hate to end the show anticlimactically because this is the last pick of the first round, but Seen played a grand total of two, two defensive snaps due to a knee injury in week one and a lower leg fracture in week four. It's a shame because the Vikings really could have used him here too, given their defense was absolutely atrocious and got completely exposed by many teams throughout the season. Um, unfortunately, for Lewis Steen and the Vikings, this grade is an incomplete. And that just about concludes all 32 first-round picks and the grades I'd give them after their rookie season. Definitely expect more content about the NFL Draft coming up. I want to do a mock draft for the 2023 NFL Draft, um, as well as I may do my reactions post-draft of which players went where. Um, for example, will the Packers draft a wide receiver? <laughs> um, I guess that joke is kind of old because Christian Watson broke out, but 
I still like it, so just just let me be. But anyway, in the meantime, let me know if there's any other content you want me to record. I'm thinking of doing some NBA stuff. Um, the All-Star game just happened. Um, there was a crazy dunk contest. Shout out Mac McClung. Um, but I'm thinking of doing some NBA stuff, especially as we near playoff season. Um, baseball season is also starting up soon with spring training, um, and I can definitely cover stuff along those lines as well. But let me know what you want to listen to. Um, But for now, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.